over. There we go. All right, a little music for the audience, and we'll get this thing started, I think. Well, are we going to have any music? There it is. Volume. It helps if you have volume. Tax the rich, feed the poor, tell their own rich no change this whole world it's a changing right in front of us we're going to try and help it just if we can guide it one way or the other just a little bit don't need too big of a, a point on the compass to move it over to and i think we might can do it if we keep going the way we're going it's very exciting these days when people are actually looking for the information you've been trying to give them for 30 years so it really it's a nice change uh so here we go on another two hours together with our weekday gathering called the radio ranch roger sales your host answer question answerer and moderator and uh, occasional tech guru and all that kind of stuff uh it's the 17th of march and that means it's the wearing of the green so happy saint patty's day no matter where you may be and uh, so that would be 31722 doesn't sound tremendously too odious we're on the back end of the ides of march the infamous ides of march and uh, so we're going to launch into the old two hours of good general discussion here maybe even some specific stuff to be talked about welcome everybody glad you're along um if there's any uh, new folks here that would like to introduce themselves and say hello and ask questions or anything, we'd love to meet you and talk with you and answer your questions if we can. And anybody else, if you've got questions or comments, we'd like to hear them too. Hey, good morning, Roger. Good morning. Is it, who, John? Uh, this is Daniel from uh, Los Angeles. Oh, hey, Daniel. Okay. You sound like hey. a guy from uh, Connecticut named John. I'm doing good. You got a little ambient noise there, something messing with some kind of connection. Okay. I think that's gone now. How you doing, Daniel? I'm good. I uh, have a few things to report back. Okay. And uh, so, first of all, I sent in my cold affidavit this week. So good. I'm very excited about that. Good. Congratulations. Thank you very much. And uh, the other thing I wanted to... Um, report back i've been playing around with the uh without prejudice ucc 1-308 and i've literally plastered this everywhere now so um one very exciting thing that happened i believe last week was that um i so i have this in my email signature now uh, so right under my name there is without prejudice ucc 1-308 and uh, i got a um in 2020 i applied for the ppp loan for my business okay and i yeah. actually got got two rounds of that so the first one was forgiven no problem uh, and then i applied for the uh, forgiveness for the second one and then uh, you know there was basically silence for months and months maybe a year now uh, come to think of it but um so the other day i get an email from the lender platform not the lender itself but the platform saying uh well we received your application for forgiveness uh, we regret to inform you that the SBA has only uh, allowed partial forgiveness and that was basically they didn't say how much was forgiven or how little uh, and then there was an email saying that if you want to uh, request a review for this decision you can email this this email right here with this subject line and so I did and um, I basically put them on notice I used that word I think at least once maybe twice 
And I said, well, I was not informed of this decision by my lender. This is the first time I'm hearing about this. Uh, I'm requesting a review. Um, please let me know what else you need in regards to this notice. And then, uh, like I said, in my signature, there's the uh, UCC code. Less than 24 hours later, I got an email back. Congratulations. Great news. Your loan has been completely forgiven. You'll receive an email in a couple of weeks and with more info about that. Mm -hmm. Isn't that interesting? It is. I don't know that I'd attribute it to your uh, your disclaimer there, but it is interesting. And it used to be 1-207. So uh, a warning for those that want to use that UCC disclaimer uh, is uh, make sure they haven't changed the section on you because they will change it around. Um, you know, Dan, I think that's more uh, just my thoughts, okay? Um, uh, mm -hmm. I, I think it's more applicable to people who are still uh, citizens of the United States trying to reserve their God-given rights instead of nationals who've sent something in and have those. Uh, it, I may be wrong, okay, but that's just my feeling about that right now. Um, and I'd be certainly open to anybody that wants to enlighten us if that's not a correct uh, way to approach this. But I think that's honestly more applicable to in your previous condition. You were using it in a more, well, I don't want to use the word correct. Let's use the word more appropriate usage and manner. Uh, but again, I may be wrong on that. You know, it's not my specialty is helping people get out of this thing and not necessarily all of that stuff. Uh, and I think that it is probably more applicable to folks still in the system and you're having to go back and reserve those rights that, uh, you know, they're trying to steal from you. But I may be wrong again. So, you know, anyway, congratulations. Um, yeah. What happened when they told you you could basically do an administrative appeal? Because that's what they told you, basically. Mm -hmm. And uh, my experience is that they'll, like the IRS, you know, the IRS will send out bills to people that don't owe them. And a lot of people will just stroke out a checkbook and stroke them a check rather than have to deal with them and do what even appeal, okay? Because they're so mm -hmm. damn scared of them. And it may be the situation here, okay? Don't know, but congratulations nonetheless. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, and uh, I, from what I've been studying, and by the way, I, I tried to look up the Anderson book on the UCC, mm -hmm. and the only one that I found was uh, a hard copy for over four thousand dollars. I yeah, I mean, I know, I, I just remember John talking about that. That was the definitive book on understanding the UCC. I had no idea it was that priceless. I guess you you get the impression they don't want you to understand it, wouldn't you? Yeah, exactly. Because there's a few other codes that I wanted to look up. I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm still reading the um, Without Prejudice uh, Sovereign Covenant book by William Dixon, D-I-X-O-N. Yeah, I'm not and familiar it's, with it. It's it's phenomenal. It was re recommended by, to me by John Kassarab, and it's oh, really, okay. really phenomenal. Okay. It doesn't just go into the, um, the code itself, but it really goes into how, uh, first of all, they, uh, how the government runs, really, uh, how... They structured everything so that they do take away our common law rights and run everything under the executive and admiralty branch under Article Two, and uh, how you can um, how basically you know how this whole system works, and um, specifically how you can reserve your rights on literally everything that you sign. Um, so based on that book, and again, I'm still doing more research and want to do more research. Based on that book, it, he does talk about the state citizen um, and. 
the 14th Amendment as well, not too much in depth, but he does go in to say that uh, when you're using this uh, signature condition uh, on whatever instrument you're signing, that um, you are uh, claiming your state citizen rights, your Bill of Rights, and uh, from what I understand is it works both ways, whether you are a state citizen or in our case a national, uh, or if you still... Well, they're, not, hold it. they're the same thing. It's just a change in labor. Right, right, right exactly. So, to, from what I understand, it's even more powerful once you have changed your status. Could be. But I mean, it, I, I've yeah. never seen any backlash from somebody that didn't have that on there is what I'm saying. I don't mind. I don't have any objection at all with people wanting to take extra precautions, especially new people, because I understand where you're coming from and the transition you're going through. But it, it, it can't hurt. I'm not going to say don't use it. Use it if it makes you feel better. Yeah. But, you know, have you heard Jim Ram's story about his driver's license? Now, Jim Ram used to be a, a, well, he used to be a cop, you know, up there where he lives in Ohio. He was a sergeant. That's why they call him Sarge. And uh, so Jim went to get a driver's license, and somehow he snuck that UCC disclaimer in on his signature in the driver's license. And he got it issued to him with that on there, Okay. And so he's out there at his house one day, and a car pulls in the driveway, and it's somebody from the uh, from the driver's license division, state of Ohio, something. They go, we can't have you having that license. You got to turn it back in. And he he turned it back in, and they wouldn't let him have one with that disclaimer on it. Now that was before he filed an affidavit. Okay, so but anyway, that's a, one of the few cases I know where somebody did sneak it through on them. Uh, you'll uh, you'll find there's places you won't be able to use that. But then again, I don't know if you've got your affidavit in, you're claiming national status. They may not object to it at that point. So I just it's an area, Dan, that I'm not really, really uh, comfortable in saying yes, this or no, that, you know, Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'd be happy to test it out more and report yeah, well, back. I mean, that's, you know, that's, that's the whole point of our group here with Don. Well, that's the way we all get answers when we get into these sticky wickets like that, is somebody pressing the envelope. I mean, that's how we found out a lot of answers here on the have put together uh, important pieces of the big picture, that we at least the understanding we have of it now. So, good deal. Uh, anything else? Uh, no, that's all I got for today. Thank you. Okay. Uh, John told you about this Dixon book, you say? What was the name of it? Yes, it's called Sovereign Covenant Without Prejudice. Uh-huh. And it does have the 207 still on it because um, I think the book was published in 2002 or something. Okay. And then in 2004 or five, they changed the 207 to 308. Okay. I don't know if it was because of the book, but it's certainly no, curious. I think they, uh, who knows why they do what they do. I was going to ask you, are you familiar with the book over on my sovereign to surf website called historical jurisprudence? Have you heard us talk about that? I've heard you talk about it. Yeah, but I don't have the book. Well, you can go over and get it. So download it right off the website. Okay. Okay. Uh, and uh, the reason it might be important to you as you're investigating this and messing with the UCC, that uh, that book, it's on Sovereign for the rest of the audience, SovereignToSurf.com. And over on the right, there's a number of really important resources over there. Just opposite my, my picture there in front of the point center of the world thing here in Ecuador. And um, 
It's called Historical Jurisprudence. It was uh, published in the 1930s out of John Hopkins, I believe. And uh, it is exactly what it says. It is a history of the jurisprudence. But the important part is the first 90 pages. And it is 90 pages on the Babylonian Merchant Code, which is the UCC and its origin. And uh, I think it would uh, I think it would behoove anybody to sit back and read that. It's not difficult reading. It's not a lot of pages, and it's extremely interesting background. So uh, that is a resource you might want to avail yourself of. Yep, I'm going to look it up right now. Mm-hmm. Well, very interesting information, as it says in there. Babylon's great contribution to the world was it reduced everything in the society down to the abstract form of contract. So we're always dealing with contract, but the merchants of the earth who have been known known this body of laws intricately for thousands of years now, they understand it perfectly in the twists and turns and how anything can be used or abused. And they have taken some of these contractual different specific contractual arrangements and weaponized them is the best word i know about it you know to describe it and they've weaponized them and that's what they're using against us and that's why they hate common law because they can't do all that crap in common law see Remember the king's uh, King George the Third. He got so aggravated with the colonists, and his statement was that, that I can't do anything to them. They know the law too well. Because Blackstone's Commentaries was the second most read book in the colonies behind the Bible. Wow, I didn't know that. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And the other thing I didn't know till Brent informed us is that. Uh, Blackstone's commentaries was the first time the common law was ever written down. That's how common it was up to that point. And the way it got written was Blackstone was asked to do a lecture at Oxford on the on the UCC, I guess, the merchant law, and he thought the best way to do it was to juxtapose it against the common law so he went in and taught lectures on the common law that's where this came from blackstone's commentaries for for no telling how many hundreds of years it had been in use it ran the whole culture the anglo-saxon culture even before and after william the conqueror in 1066 and yet it had never been written down isn't that amazing wow is there a, a book with all these commentaries? Yes, Blackstone's Commentaries. Oh, that's the one. Okay. Yeah. I, I, there's several volumes, and uh, it was prolifically read in the colonies. Second, second most read book behind the Bible. So, anyway, a little, little fodder for your study there, Dan. Yeah, thank you so much. No, you're welcome. Everything else going all right? Everything else is beautiful. Thank you so much. Okay, good deal. Well, it sounds like you're making some progress and uh, uh, getting uh, some some knowledge and understanding and confidence under your belt there. Uh, so congratulations. Thank you so much. No, you're Thank welcome. You. Thank you. Well, I appreciate all you guys taking your time out and spend here and wanting to 
uh, intrigued by freedom or, or just absolutely desiring it at all costs and the, take your time out of your day to come spend these these hours with us here. Um, while I'm thinking about it, I got an email from someone who doesn't have that luxury that has to work and it is uh, on the archives, and it was a female. And uh, amazing how many females are coming to the forefront of this all of a sudden. It's amazing me, okay? Uh, and she's in New York City, unfortunately in the new york city area and uh, she was asking me because he heard us talking about don's group and you know gary and what's going on up there and what jeff's doing and uh, around dallas fort worth and the, those types of situations and she said is there any groups in new york city and i had to honestly tell her i said Anna, not, not only are, are there no groups i know of i don't know of one other person in new york city that's uh tuned into this to the point of being involved with us so what i was going to say is if you are in new york new york city area why don't you drop me an email at uh, uh radio ranch no space radio ranch at mail com, and uh, if you'd like to uh, have somebody there to commiserate with and so you feel like you're not the only one in how many millions of people in the new york city area in that crazy ass place right now holy smokes uh if anybody's up there in that condition and situation in the new york city area if you want to drop me an email and i'll see if i can find the one Ann sent me and patch you in with Ann. um because I know that, you know, when you're out there all alone on this stuff and there's no nobody to talk to and most of the people you try and talk to about it want to call you bad names. And uh, uh, it's just a lot of uh, it's just a lot of solace when you got somebody else that knows what's going on. You can relate to and get together with. So if anybody's in that situation up there in the the big apple, the rotten apple, let me know. Um where else can we go this morning on thursday it is the thursday edition by the way i did mention that it is the wearing of the green day the 17th i'm not irish but i guess everybody's irish today right um so get a little sip of coffee um so the big celebrations are of course in boston i guess new york but there's another one that's pretty large too it's in the south and a lot of people don't know about it but evidently there was so much Irish influence around Savannah, Georgia, that they have a parade and a festivities down there with the green beer and all that stuff. I guess that on uh, on cities of scale uh, rivals the, uh, the, the great gatherings in the northeast uh, major metro areas. So uh, all those folks that are throwing abandonment to the wind in Savannah, be careful and, you know, I hope you recuperate. Um, Jack, our social director here, journeyman Jack, the the social director, he's got his social director hat on most of the time, just loves to find any excuse for us to get together. And so today we got a lunch, another special Thursday, St. Patrick's Day lunch going on. So I'll take off after this and we'll go gather over there at a different place we use a different place as an alternative and uh have another little lunch get together see the group here some of them anyway in the in our local area um what uh, somebody's got to have something to talk about i'm not sure i've got a whole bunch on my plate that i wanted to shove out there was hey uh, roger yes hi this is uh john from utah hey john i just wanted to share with you some personal very good news for me okay i i knew i had my 
expired passport, and that's what I was waiting. I knew I could find it. It was there, and um, and I did. So I found it this morning uh, after praying about it. So that was a good news. Good. But so I opened it up and I look at the, up at the top, and I know you you know this for sure, but for anyone else that hadn't you know looked at this in detail. But above where your, your picture is with all your detailed information, as you open the first page of the book, there's a short paragraph, and it said, The Secretary of State of the United States of America hereby requests all whom it may concern to permit the citizen slash national of the United States named herein to pass without delay or hindrance and in case of need, to give all lawful aid and protection. It's right there in front of you the whole time, and you just didn't see it, you know? That's right. Um, I would go back to my story about when I was in Argentina, and I crossed paths with this uh, guy that was in training to be a shaman. Uh, a good guy, very intelligent. He's from Buenos Aires, and he had lived. He, he met, a, met a, a feminist American liberal female he was a little mama's boy from Buenos Aires and raised Catholic, you know, hated the Catholics, boy. And he meets this this uh, feminized, uh, uh, feminist American liberal chick, and he ends up marrying her and moving to the U.S. for six years. He lived out there by you, John. He lived over outside of Denver in Golden for six years, and he hated it. Okay, I mean, he hated it. He couldn't wait to get divorced and get out of the States. And when he did, he went the total other way. You know how how a pendulum swings the other way, right? Well, he went the other way, and there was a group of these uh, type people, the shaman type people outside of the town that I lived in, in a little borough called Ramakaida, which means fallen branch. And they were out there, and he, he went out there and lived with those folks for five years, okay? No electricity, no heat except wood in the winter, and it gets cold there occasionally, and nothing but cold showers, okay? And this guy was hard as driven steel. I mean it, okay? And so when our paths crossed originally, when I was dancing, I was dancing tango. I got into dancing tango down there after the accident and stuff. And uh, so the the girls at tango wanted to talk, you know, and they didn't speak English. And so they kept going, no, you, you learn Spanish, learn Spanish. And so one of them goes, I know this guy. He lived in the States. And he speaks both languages. He's a teacher. So that's how I met him. And at that point, I'd had so much problems with Spanish teachers that I was interviewing Spanish teachers. The problem was this information in my mind. Because over the years of trying to figure this out, I had noticed here that everything is always backwards, the dialectical nature of this. And the fact when they set an action up, they set it up in reverse so that they can, like, press the first button and everything will execute the way it's set up, if you understand what I'm saying. So I had noticed that, and I, it, not understanding it totally, what I did was kind of train my mind. I still were, it's still that way today, of when I look at things or something comes up, I always look at the opposite side of it first. Okay, and so I was having this tremendous problem with Spanish because Spanish is in many ways opposite English. 
you know the eyes you pronounce as e's the e's you pronounce as i's the v's you pronounce as b's you don't pronounce the h's the o's or j's or h's you know it's just all it's not the house the red house it's the house red you know and all these different things and i was having a heck of a time because i was having to undo looking at the dialectic to try and learn the lesson and it in a reverse situation and it just gave me fits and so i went through a number of different courses and a couple of instructors and i was on my ninth guy at this point okay and i found a course and i'll give i should plug these guys because it's very good all right it's the best course i found if you need to learn spanish or you just want to uh because you can so you can talk to your neighbors <laughs> So if you want to, if you're in that condition and you need to learn the language, this is a real good way. And it's called SynergySpanish.com. SynergySpanish.com. And I had stumbled onto that, and it was a way that I could learn. This guy has gotten the teaching of Spanish uh, where it's a lot easier. You can be out speaking the language rudimentary, of course, in 30 days or less. And so even though it's Mexican Spanish. And there's different varieties of Spanish all down here through the continent, okay? And in Argentina, it's a pure Spanish. And I've, I try and get, can you teach me like this? And they look at the course and I go, oh, that's Mexican Spanish. I said, I don't care if it's Honduran Spanish, okay? I, it's the technique that, that I can learn this way. And so I'm interviewing teachers, all right? And they give me this guy's name. His name was Diego I, I later identified him as Gandalf, Gandalf the Grey, you know, from Lord of the Rings. So, because he could do all this stuff. He's he, a pretty amazing guy, really. And uh, so, anyway, I'll go over to meet with him at the first time, and I'm not. And now I'm going and interviewing teachers, see? And I'm not going to spend my money with you unless you can teach me like this over here, because this is the way I can learn. So, I go and speak to him for the first time. And I sit down with him, and I carried a copy of my affidavit. And I was trying to explain to him why I was having this problem and how my mind was oriented. Well, unbeknownst to me, Diego had been studying power from the spiritual side for 20 years. And I'd been studying power from the technical and legal side for 20 years. And our paths crossed here. And so later on, when we got together again, excuse me, when he got together again, we split as my teacher for a while. We had an occasion to get back together, which we did. And when we sat down, he said, you know, Roger, he said, when you handed me that affidavit that day, it increased my understanding 50 years. And I was shocked at that statement, okay? And we got into a lot of discussions, and a lot of the things that I talk about here came out of that little period of time. But one of the things that Diego Gandalf told me uh, that I found to be totally true, and it's an, you, you, just, you gave us the example right here, John, is what spurned all this oratory here. As he said, power always puts what you're looking for right in front of you. And then they surround it. Oh, it's so complex. Oh, look over there and all these distractions and stuff. And it's right there in front of you. Okay. And there's an example that you just read. And that's, you know, there's another place in there in the passport. And it says U.S. passports are only issued to U.S. citizens slash nationals. Doesn't say non-citizen nationals. It says nationals. Okay. Uh, The 
Freemason motto. And this was one of the big things that came out of that for me. I don't know. John, have you heard me talk about this, the Freemason's motto? No. Okay. Do you know you know what the Freemason's motto is? You don't? Uh, I, no, I don't. I don't. Okay. Well, I'm going to give it to you. It's And, you know, this is one of those things that I read 20-something years ago when I was doing a lot of reading, and for some reason it just stuck in my mind because it's unusual, you know. And then when this event happened – the subconscious gave it back to me and it's very important okay so this is their stated motto first a line then another line then a square what does that mean to you uh i'll have to meditate on that one (laughs) yeah it's like what first a line then another line then a square what's a square thing you know and this is right this is their motto their public motto okay well uh, out of this two-week period when a lot of this stuff was coming out, and uh, uh, I won't go into a lot of the background. It's extemporaneous, and it's involved. So, But anyway, this is what came to me, and I had a situation with him. I only had him the second time around. I was paying him for his time, but he's pretty busy because he was real good at what he did. And um, so I'd get him for a couple of hours a week, and I was in the middle of this two really serious situations, okay? And one of them, of course, dealt with a female. And so uh, th- this is uh, uh, this girl, all of a sudden, we've been dating for a couple of years, and now all of a sudden she couldn't understand my English, okay, when we were having problems. Oh, I can't understand you, sure. So I said, I'm going to make sure you understand me, and that's when I went and hired him again. Okay, so he's there and I'm explaining this situation that she's in that I know she's in to him. Okay, and he's got to go in a minute and I'm explaining this story to him and I go and in the middle of telling him about it, he goes, that's power. What? Well, he had to go in a minute. I wanted to finish what I was telling him, and I didn't want to lose my train of thought or his attention on where I was. And so, uh, uh, symbolically, I grabbed that phrase, that's power, and kind of stuck it in my back pocket, you know. And I went on to tell him about what the situation was and how it should pan out. And he goes, that's what you did with your affidavit. You stole their power i gotta go i'll see you later and then he leaves and he leaves me with all this right there in my lap okay and so i start messing with it in my mind and i'm in this two week really strange period of time the only thing i know to identify it is as a trance in all honesty i've been through it twice and that's why i recognized it more this was the second time and uh so I start thinking about all of this stuff and the power, and that's what you did with your affidavit. And what the hell does he mean? Okay. And so then that's where the subconscious mind delivered that phrase to me. First a line, then another line, then a square. Well, it's got to be important because it's their stated motto. Would you agree? I mean, of course, right? So yeah, I mean, the first thing I – think about is like okay you have a line you have a line that's two lines if you had a third one now you have something in the third dimension that's a triangle at least or at least two dimensional triangle very bright itself and then if you add the other line then it gets a square so somehow some way i'm thinking okay the two lines you know it's not going to give you much of anything except you know an, an oblique angle or a straight line or some such thing and so there is some kind of end run or shortcut 
Um, I, I don't know. That's I'm going to explain it to you. I'm going to explain it to you, and you just hit all around it. Okay, this is the greatest public, closely held secret in the history of the world, right here. The Holy Grail is what we're talking about here. Okay, so first align. And this is what came out. I've still got this piece of paper. I ran across it the other day, and I drew this out. Had it on my wall for years. Um, first align, how about the 14th Amendment? So we got the 14th Amendment. We'll call it the baseline. Then another line would be the passage of the Federal Reserve Act, where they got control of the money supply, therefore the control over the government. And then a square, and this is where they get you, see, because you think a lot of people, not you necessarily, but if you put that in front of them, they think square the shape, right? Well, square is a technical drafting term when you close open lines. So you were correct. The third one is the closing line of the triangle, and that's the one that traps you in there. So what was the square where they hid the original state citizen as a national. And that's why then you're there, you agree with it, and you're in the little three-sided trap. When you file your affidavit, because it's fraud, it dissolves the third line and you're out of the trap. That's why they can't do anything about this. Wow. Wow. You know, it almost kind of reminds me of, um, you know, based on this visual it given me, um, is that, you know, the old adage where you have someone that's, you know, trying to trap a rabbit or a bird or something like that, and they have this box, you know, yep. you've got the ground, that's a line, then you have the box as the other line, so they have this thing propped up, and then when the rabbit comes in there, you you pull it out, and they're you're trapped. So there's the square lines. Mm-hmm. And then in this case, in the box, they're in the square. Correct. You know, the way I try and explain it to people sometimes, I said, you know, in out there where you are in Utah, there's a bunch of pe- people with cattle and sheep and horses and stuff, right? You know, and when they put them up at night, they put them in a four-sided pen with fences and rails and stuff, right? Okay. Well, in Babylon, they only used three sides, and they didn't use fences and rails. They used concepts. This is, again, where you go to the conceptual side of learning and understanding this, because all of this really heavy stuff is over in the conceptual side. If you look at it colloquially, you'll never get it. You got to go to the conceptual side, and these guys have got us in that little trap right there, and they're up there at fifty thousand feet at the conceptual level, and they're laughing their asses off at us. Brilliant, <laughs> amazing, isn't it? It is. It is. Thank you for that insight. Well, I think I, you know, I'm just sure that's what the Holy Grail is. I had a hell of an experience when that came to me. I'll tell you all about it. I've mentioned it on the air before. I was going through this situation. You know, I don't know that you know, John, because you're relatively new, but I had a really, really bad accident that I caused down there. And it uh, wasn't totally my fault, although I got hung with it. There was a number of fatalities, including my best friend of 35 years, by the way. And so I was going through all that, and then when, because of the nature of Argentina and siesta and the way the laws are there and the way they advance them, uh, I had to get an uh, – If I, they said, if you move, you got to get an, an abogado who's a trial attorney. 
uh, we've got two types of attorneys down here, Escobanos, a contract attorney, a notary, and the other, Abogado, is a trial attorney, okay? And so they said, you got to get a Abogado to call your address in, new, new address. And I said, I can't do it. Nope, got to go get him. So I moved shortly after that and and uh, went down and found a attorney that was uh, suggested to me by a really good guy there. And uh, and it was in the afternoon, you know, in siesta. See, the, everything there is on siesta, so it's a whole different way of life, okay? And everything closes at 1 o'clock, everything except a gas station and maybe the main grocery store and a couple of kiosks. Everything else, they roll the streets up. And they don't open until 5 or 5.30 again in the afternoon, and they don't close again until 9 at night, okay? So it's like living your life in a split shift, kind of. And so it was in the afternoon that I went down to see this attorney, and I hadn't been in Argentina too long at that point, and I didn't understand everything and how it worked. And because in the afternoon and siesta, government offices and banks and all that stuff, well, they don't reopen in the afternoon. They don't open again until the next morning, and they're only open half a day. So not knowing that, we go, I'm trying to do things right and be the, the, the good guy, you know, and do things like I'm supposed to. So I, as soon as I move, I want to go get this information to him. When I go hire this attorney, pay him, I forgot how much, 100, 150 pesos or something to make the call. And then he wants to interview me for, God, I don't remember how long he's trying to get the case. See, and I'm smart enough because I know enough law and I know it's Argentina and I know I'm not putting some attorney on the clock go for months and months and months of billing when there's no need to at that point so anyway um i uh, uh was in the room when he made the call and he calls up it's afternoon so the judicial side in this little town is closed so who does he get the police department gives the information to the police department and they never got it to the judicial side so when they go to serve me papers at the old address i'm not there and so because they dropped the ball and now i'm listed as an international fugitive on interpol okay so i after a couple of years i figured out you know when i I knew things were gonna move slow but after a couple of years you realize that something's wrong you know and by that time i did have an attorney and so i'm telling my little attorney whose daddy was a judge there in the province actually good guy spoke english honest unbelievable three cherries you know on the pull and so his name was avon and avon i said avon can you go up there because the little town that had jurisdiction was three hours away i said can you go up there and talk to this judge and tell him i'm here and here's what my attorney advised me to do he said roger there's only two years left on the statute of limitations on this thing why don't you move up to salt or something and just let it all blow over and at that point, I've got all the infusion of this information and what we talk about and all these changes that it makes in your life and your thinking and the area of personal responsibility and stuff. And I go, no, Yvonne, I'm not going to do that. I did this. You know, I was responsible. I want to face the music here. Okay. And so uh, he couldn't believe it. All right. So anyway, eventually they did find me. 
And so I'm coming home from a Thanksgiving party with other expats. And this is kind of a funny story if y'all want to bear with me here a minute. So we had a Thanksgiving party. It was a week late because there was some conflict. So it was a week after Thanksgiving. I take this girl that I'm dating, and she goes out there with me. And she brings me home and lets me out in front of my apartment. And there's a gate there you got to get into, a lot of security and everything down here. And I go to put the key in the gate, and the cops jump me right there. And so they put me in a police car, and the lights are going, and take me to the station, and they go through all this stuff. Well, I had a, my, a, one of the few copies of my book that I've ever had, actually. And so I had my book with me because I was showing it to the other expats where we went to have Thanksgiving dinner. And so as I'm going through, and there, I got to go up to this other town three hours away but they arrested me in the town i was living in you know and so i'm going through the check-in period there where they want you to take your belt off and they want you to take your shoelaces out of your shoes and everything out of your pockets and all that crap right well i got my book in this little bag that i had over my shoulder and so they get the bag of course and they pull out the book and they're sitting there filling out the paperwork and there's the book with my name on it and they go well, this is you. I go, well, yeah, it's my book, you know. But it was incredible how much that impressed them and how much it changed the whole procedure, okay? And, you know, like, hey, this guy's got some brains, okay? And so, anyway, I had to go right up to the little town. It's called Tunion. Anytime you ever see a picture of Argentina and the wine fields where the wine, the vineyards go up to the Andes and the snow-capped Andes are behind the picture, if you've ever seen any of those, that's always in this town where this accident happened, had the jurisdiction. It's called Tunion. It's about well, 20 kilometers south of Mendoza City. It's a lovely, lovely, lovely scene. So anyway, I had to go up to Tunion. And so the sheriff of the of the county, the province, the area there is a real stickler. So I had to ride all the way up there three hours in the back of a police car with handcuffs on with the blue lights flashing on something that was their mistake. Okay. So then the this is a Thursday night. So he wants to throw me in jail, thinking I'm going to spend the whole weekend in this little bitty Argentine jail in this little bitty town. I don't have to draw too much of a visual image past that, do I? Okay. Very small. A couple other people in there had to sleep on the floor on on uh, that if the little sleep I could get on the floor on a piece of cardboard. And, you know, the jailer wants to move me because somebody's getting thrown in the middle of the night. And I'm on the floor and he opens the door and comes in and kicks me awake and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So you can imagine the scene. Well, I, I had gotten a hold of my attorney before I got out of town that night. And so fortunately for me, he was up there the next morning and got me out. And like I said, his daddy's a judge, so they knew the judge there because it's in the same province and all that kind of stuff. So uh, I'm getting released, and then I got to go, and I get released. But the sheriff is such a stickler that even though it was their fault, and even though I'm getting released from something that's a repercussion from all their bureaucratic crap, I still had to ride three hours back to the town with handcuffs on in the car. Okay, so they don't take me back to the jail, to the uh, police station where they check me in. There's a prison in town, and I had gone by it many times on my motorcycle and look over there at that prison going, boy, thank goodness I'm not in there. (laughs) And I'll be damned if that isn't where they take me. (laughs) 
for release and so i'm go the car pulls up to the gate of the prison i go oh damn i'm having to go in this place right and so it's hot and uh, uh it gets very hot up there and and so i'm in the back of the police car with these handcuffs on they still wouldn't take them off and i'm in the prison now and so they go out the two guys in the car get out and go whatever they got to do to whoever they got to talk to and uh and they bring a guy back that they're going to release me to right and so i'm I'm kind of humiliated if you can imagine that at this point and so uh i i got my head down kind of and when they if you got handcuffs on and they're manipulating you they go and just grab the handcuffs right there between your hands where the chain is and so the guy has got pulls me out of the car you know and he's got my his hands on the chains there and he's walking me over to the steps to go up into this building you guys you want to know how god works in mysterious ways i'm about to show you okay and so here i am in that situation with my head down and he's passing me off to the guy that's gonna uh, go through the release process and i got my head down i'm not even looking you know really and so the guy that he's turning me over to grabs the handcuffs and he goes roger <laughs> and go what and i look up and it's my freaking neighbor at my apartment and I did not know he worked at the prison. And he goes, come in here. Come in here and let me get these damn things off you. <laughs> okay. And so I get to go into his office. And so I got the handcuffs off. And uh, a couple of guys drift in, you know. And now we're doing the give everything back that they took when they sent me up there. And so here we come again. And out comes the bag, and out comes the book. And they go, hold it, that's you. So i got to go through all that again. It's a little different scenario, you know. And so all of a sudden, there's like nine guys that work in this prison complex in this main building, and they're all in the room. I started telling them what the book's about, see, and the big scam and as, as best I could. And um, so all of a sudden, these guys are drifting into the office, and all of a sudden, there's like eight or nine of them in there. You know, the whole hierarchy of the whole damn prison is in there, and I'm the center of attention. All right. And then we moved down for some reason. We left that room and went to a smaller room where there was even more pronounced because the room was smaller. Now, here comes my attorney, my little attorney, so conscientious, such a good guy. And he's going around because he knows I'm released and he's waiting at the police station, but I don't show up at the police station. And so he's really, really concerned because he goes, Roger people get hung around here okay so he's frantically looking all over the city and trying to find me he go i was about ready to go file a habeas corpus man and he's going through all that and he walks into the prison and in all this doom and gloom on this situation right and there's a room with me entertaining and all of them are laughing i don't remember what we're doing but my attorney was absolutely totally shocked he goes i walk by a room and you're in there entertaining all these guys <laughs> So it was a really funny story, you know, on how things work. But the the book played such an important part in that whole series and sequence of events, and it just really, it really imparted uh, upon me the value of knowledge. Okay, and uh, it was just and, a heck of. A, and, go ahead. And 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 look how paper that has enslaved us is able to be an instrument to 
help you and to help these other people with some level of understanding. I mean, the difference in those both of those situations that go into and coming back from when that book came out and they identified that book with me is just a whole different change. Amazing thing. But boy, when that guy grabs my handcuffs and goes, Roger, <laughs> boy, you talk about somebody sent from heaven. Okay. <laughs> Amazing account. Hell of Amazing. a story. Hell of a story, man. Really? <laughs> uh, that whole experience was no fun. All right. I mean, it, it, uh, it, it brings back that, uh, that wonderful cliche that we use of whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Okay, boy, let me tell you what, that's true right there. Hey, Roger, it's Dawn. Hey, Dawn. I have a question regarding um, the whole breakdown and legal terminology of what they're actually saying when they ask you, are you a citizen of the United States? Yes, ma'am. Um, can you go over that whole portion? Isn't it like something to the effect of you know are you a citizen of the united states that has is related to a black slave that could be done blah 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 let me blow my nose real quick i'm gonna come back and answer okay. your question i just don't want to blow it in y'all's ear okay <laughs> thank you <laughs> okay it's very interesting the question you asked on this you know, and some of this I've just really come to understand, I think, completely lately, really. Um, so if if you go to the 14th Amendment and you go all persons, of course, that's a legal person, born or naturalized in the United States. Well, legal person here, one of the presumptions they're imputing to make you the legal person they want you to be here is that you've got a birth certificate that now represents this type of system of law, feudalism, where you've they've got a property right in you to help fulfill and pay back a hypothecated debt. So there's two presumptions of fraud stacked on top of each other right there in the first two words, all persons, okay? okay. So all persons born or naturalized, that's the two, the first part of the test in the United States. Now, notice it doesn't say the United States of America because, remember, there was a, there was a void, a lack of federal citizenship. So it had to be just the United States because that's what this is, is a federal citizenship, that wasn't there before okay which was somewhat necessitated by the dred scott decision have you heard us talk about that uh yeah vaguely okay well in the vaguely. slaughterhouse in the slaughterhouse cases yes. there's a section in there that says that the dred scott decision was part of this and there was at that time in dc an awful lot of discussion not only in political circles but in newspapers and in the public journals on because a lot of dred scott it, is that a person who uh, was born and raised in dc or the territories was not only not a citizen of the nation a national but they couldn't be a national or a citizen with anything short of a new amendment to the constitution so this situation set up the passage and set up the 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 and grease the skids for them to glide these things in on us okay and so uh, and, and you can imagine if you're born and raised in in dc you couldn't be a part of the nation 
it, it doesn't really stand to figure, you know, it doesn't follow. So that was part right. of the legitimate setup for the 13th and the 14th Amendment, and that's why it just says United States there. So all persons born or naturalized in the United States, comma, and subject to the jurisdiction thereof, comma, are citizens of the United States and the state wherein they reside. Boy, there there is so much dangerous language in there. Okay, and you can't just reading it. You don't understand it. You don't see any of that stuff. All right, but when you get into the background of it, so there's a two prong test, right? You got to be born or naturalized in the United States. This is when, by the way, before this, people were naturalized in the state. I've got a document of a black guy that was that was naturalized before the Civil War in Massachusetts, and he was a citizen of the state of Massachusetts and a citizen of the United States of America, and it says that in the document. Okay? A black guy. Okay. All right. So this is after the 14th Amendment gets shoved on us. So you got to look at it, the two-pronged test. You got to be born or natural. You got to be that person. If you are, you're born or naturalized in the U.S. There's presumptions of law there, and subject to the jurisdiction thereof. So there's the two prongs, right? Well, so what are the questions they ask us that you're wanting the explanation on? Are you a citizen of the United States? Are you a resident? Right? Put that right there in the back part of the first clause. Are our citizens of the United States in the state wherein you reside? They knew what they were going to do a hundred years later when they wrote these things. It's obvious. So, are you a citizen of the United States? That that they've programmed you to answer yes to. What they're really asking you is this: Are you? And this is where I used to think it was a black-white issue, and it's not because of brown v board equalized the statuses and threw the race out the window okay so all u.s citizens or u.s nationals there's no color barrier or anything involved in that statement it's just they had to make those two statuses equal to be able to pull off what they want to pull off okay and overturn plessy v ferguson which endorsed and validated the jim crow laws separate but equal so that's what they're having to overcome here and that's why these questions are phrased the way they are so when you say yes you're a citizen of the united states and yes you're a resident well i guess that fulfills the second part of the test of the 14th amendment we've got everything else on presumption over here you just told us that you're of this status i guess you ought to know what you are shouldn't you yep see the way this works Oh, it's really, really sneaky, okay? And so what they're technically asking you is this. Are you of the same status as mainly black former southern slaves who, after the Civil War, were given federal citizenship with civil rights? Ah, okay. Okay. That's what they're asking you. That makes sense. Okay. okay. Now yeah, then. I had well, a- all right, let me finish. On, I, I want to address your yep. questions. Let's get the other one. So residency, let's go back to what residency means. It means which laws are you under. 
So you're a state citizen. You're sitting there. You're set up in the 13th Amendment where it talks about voluntary servitude is legal by omission because it's not expressly outlawed. It's involuntary servitude and it, that, that is outlawed, not voluntary. Right. Okay. And right. then it says at the bottom, their jurisdictions. So obviously the 13th Amendment is aimed at the states. It's aimed to be able to get you to volunteer into federal citizenship. It's written that way. Amazing, okay? And so now you go in and are you a resident? Well, what are they asking you? It's not, do I live over there? You know, it's asking you, which laws are you under? So the, the, the extrapolated legal question is, are you residing in a state and requesting protection from the federal government against any actions potentially from your state? Because there was a lot of backlash after the 14th Amendment on federal citizens in different states. There was a lot of resentment, uh, you know, a lot of things had happened. And so it was actually, they're asking you, are you seeking protection from the federal government? And you say yes, and that invokes, now we got the jurisdictional formula, protection for allegiance, allegiance for protection. Well, if you're seeking our protection, then you owe us allegiance, and that means you're a legal person in that first clause of the 14th Amendment. See how this is working? Okay. So do we, as nationals, owe anyone allegiance? Yes, we do. God. Or is it just God? Just God. There's the one that, you know, where where you receive your rights and to whom you owe your duties. If you've got God-given rights now, you owe God your duties. And as I was telling you the other day, which I know brought a smile to your face, that means your residence is now in heaven. Now, you may be domiciled in Southern California. You may be sojourning through Southern California, but your residence is in heaven, darling. Now, boy, that's all, that'd be a good country song, wouldn't it? Your residence yeah, in heaven, darling. <laughs> Jeff, write us up one there, would you? So, uh, so now where else can we? You, you, what? said that'd be a good country song. Your residence is in heaven, darling. Why don't you write us up a little tune on that? All right, I'll get in touch with Waylon. <laughs> <laughs> Not direct touch, I hope. <laughs> so, Don, did that get you clear? Now, you, you're, you and some of the others, especially the newer folks, going to need to noodle on that a little bit, okay? But it's yes. what it goes to show you is that these damn things were written. I guarantee you they were written in the city of London. They weren't written in the U.S. Oh, heck yeah. They were brought over here, and that yeah. whole damn war was fought to get these two amendments passed so they could control the world 100 years later with it. And if you understand what's going on now that we know the end game, you can go over through your mind on what we just went over right there and show that the second test on the 14th Amendment is those two questions. You think they just got that by happenstance 100 years ahead of time? no sir okay so uh that's who we're dealing with here the deeper you get in this the more you strip your enemy and boy if you thought they were ugly before oh i know how demonic they are so um so anyway that's uh oh also listen there i'm getting a lot of emails not a lot several of people hearing us talking about don's telegram group and they're wanting to join or get the information on there. 
do you wh- how yes, would you I like those emails how would you like to handle that do you want to put the the telegram size it easy an easy handle that people can just write down and, oh yeah okay well why don't you oh. all right hold on if you're interested in getting into don's telegram group where things like the these templates of some of these cover letters and stuff are posted in there thank you for doing that by the way and uh yep. i'm gonna have her give the little handle that you can sign on when it goes up to search there in telegram and you type this in and it should pop up and what what is the handle that you use for your telegram group don get your pencil and paper ready she's going to say it twice slowly okay so if you already have an account in telegram and you want to do a search for the channel you just type in national usa so national space usa that's pretty easy yeah and then if you just if you don't have a telegram channel um, what you can do is just type in the browser HTTPS uh, semicolon two backslashes and it's T as in Tom dot M as in Mary E as in elephant backslash US national. Oh, huh. and that that'll take it. Right? That'll take it. Yeah, take it. Were you sure it was a colon, a semicolon, or a colon? Uh, two dots. So that's a oh, colon. That's right? a colon, right? Yeah. So it's HTTPS yeah. or not? Yeah. Yeah. HTTP. Yeah. HTTPS colon backslash backslash. Actually, forward slash. Okay, forward slash. I keep saying backslash. Thank you. Thank you. So two forward slashes, a T is in Tom dot me, M E, forward slash U S national. Okay, and that'll brag. That'll get you from the browser. It'll bring up the forum from your channel in Telegram from the browser, just the channel without being able without having to load Telegram. Uh, correct. Um, But you will. You will, uh, I believe, have to create an account. You just need a phone number to create an account, and that's it. Uh-huh. Um, but I'm not sure if you can view if you don't have an account or if you need an account. But anyways, it's super easy to create an account. Okay, and I really would uh, um, I would uh, encourage people to not be scared and load Telegram. It's a very good communication channel, and... Uh, they've got all kinds of cutting edge stuff in this field. Uh, they're the envy of WhatsApp. Uh, I, I've read that the people that run WhatsApp over at Facebook just can't are beside themselves because Telegram's running circles around them. Yeah, and I mean, all your phones are tapped, guys. So it's you know, drop the paranoia. That'd be my suggestion. <laughs> yeah. That's part of your empowerment process here is getting rid of the paranoia. And I understand it. I understand why people have got it. It's justified, okay? But it, you, you need to get your arms in. As, as the Bible says, above all, seek understanding. So, But you can't get understanding until you've got to get the knowledge. So you get a base of knowledge, and you'll start getting the understanding will be given to you. And once you get to that stage, or at least started on that, your paranoia should dissipate. And that's part of this re-empowerment process that I keep talking about. That ability to get rid of the paranoia is integrally involved in your your re-empowerment process. It doesn't happen overnight. I wish it did. But it does happen if you'll do the right stuff. 
So, Don, cool. we, we got thank you. Thank you. Oh, well, thank you. I mean, I'm so appreciative of everything you're doing, Don, and uh, what you've brought to our little forum here and our little project. In a very short amount of time, you've become real integral out there where you are, and I really appreciate it. And I know all the folks that are uh, flocking to your to your uh, uh, your efforts are also do. So thank you yeah, from all of us, okay? Yeah, and just FYI, I checked uh, TikTok, and we're up to 900,000 views. Unbelievable. It's almost at a million. Unbelievable. Well, I, if I had a tick, if I was dealing with TikTok, I'd think it was my watch. So I'm really tickled to death <laughs> that you're, you're handling that for us. Uh so, uh, any other questions or comments, Don, or, or, or I'm going to turn it over and see if anybody else has any. Nope, you're good. Turn okay. on over. All right. All right. Well, let's see if anybody else there's got any comments or questions. We'd love to address them and hear from you. If you're new, we'd love to meet you and introduce you to the group. So, uh, hopefully, there's somebody that's going to step forward there. Hello. Hello. Don't put your hand up. Just open up the mute. Nobody wants to say hello. There's somebody. Is anyone new here from... Okay, good. Never mind. Go ahead. Hello. Hello. Now we got two. Okay. I'll let let the other gentleman go. That's fine. No, no. You can go. You were first. Okay. You were first. Go ahead first. Anyway, this is John from Utah. Okay. It's John Um, again. Okay, great. So what I read from my passport earlier... Yes. You know, now you're getting... I'm becoming in the habit of uh, looking at words, the sequence of the words, et cetera, okay? Oh, and they yeah. Do map, and they do matter. And so I, I wanted your comment on this. So the short paragraph that's on the, the uh, above the photo inside of a book of a passport, all right, I'm looking at mine, and it says at the top, the Secretary of State of the United States of America. That's the top line. That's important. Of America. That's important. Of America. Uh-huh. And, and then subsequently, then the next line says, hereby request all whom it may concern to permit the citizen slash national. Okay. But then, curiously, the next line, it said, of the United States named herein to pass without arm, et cetera, et cetera, okay? So it seems to me like they're acknowledging the United States of America in, in the first two sentences related to that it, it also applies to the national. That's correct. And then when it follows through and says of the United States, not that, of America. That's federal. Then, that it, then that's split to the citizen side of it. See, so they've got to cover. Kind of a hide it, hiding it. Yes. Well, they've, what they're doing is they've got both of them in front of you. And you don't, unless you understand this stuff pretty good, you don't see it. But you've you've spotted it. See, the reason that he's not the citizen of the United, the Secretary of State of the United States, because then that would isolate him to the federal zone. He's got responsibility for both, and the other one, the national zone, takes precedent. So that's why they've got of America there. Okay, it's not isolatory. If it was, if he was just Secretary of the United States, Secretary of the State of the United States, that's strictly the federal zone and not the national zone. And those both exist, and they've got to recognize both of them. You'll notice in the background, John, on the back, they've got a background like a wallpaper in the back. What does it say on there? It says USA, doesn't it? 
let's see, I see the eagle, and then it's got the signature space. No, on the, on the background, the backing wallpaper, like behind the oh, whole I, thing. I know, I know, I know. I mean, it, all I see is a lot of uh, colored hexagons. Okay, well, on um, mine, it had USA, 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 and then it refers to things like of the United States, and there, again, is both both entities the national entity and the federal entity but they mix mm-hmm. them up but that's very sharp of you to notice that and then you uh you are a u.s national you know even though that's got a federal connotation it means that you're a state citizen and it's recognized by the feds it's just like that statement from the state department's policy document all u.s citizens are u.s nationals it's used right. there in the same context, see? Right. And that's why people see in our group, people, everybody gets all this, uh, you know, we get all this, um, oh, this rugged individual that, oh, no, I'm not a, I'm not a U.S. national. I'm a state national. I'm an American national. I'm, you know, they all want to substitute some adjective. I, I, you know, you go ahead if you want to. I'm not going to tell you not to. But it seems to me that now that we understand the way the matrix is structured and the way it's set up is, and it all is determined by how these words are used, and now that we know the definitions that they're imputing into these specific words, it seems to me that using the words that they've used to trick us and being able to use their words in our favor is the key to the matrix. Why do you want to go and change the key? You understand what I'm saying, John? No, I, I I get it. I get it. Okay. So that's why I'm such a stickler on, look, use their words, man. Use their words. That's what the whole thing is geared to. You know, it reminds me of your statement when you came on of old Rush Limbaugh, the late and great Rush Limbaugh used to say, uh, you know, remember, words mean things. Words mean things. That gets you covered, John. No, we're all good. Thank okay. you so much. All right, you're welcome. Who was the other the guy that was nice enough to let John go first that wanted to say something? We'd love to speak with you. That was me. Hello, you. That was me, Todd. 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 T Y. Oh, hey, Ty. T Y. Nice to meet you. You're new. How you doing? Very new. <laughs> okay, we're glad to have you, Ty. Where are you calling from? Um. I'm in Florida. I'm from New York. I'm in Lake City, Florida. Oh, what? Where? What, what city in Florida? Lake City. Oh, Lake City. Okay, further down the peninsula. Well, I'm from Panama City, so that's why I ask. Awesome. I was guided here because my first question was, I've been, I, I was on a, I heard an audio of you, and then I've been on the site. I bought your book, the um, ebook. Good online today so i'm doing my passport actually i got about 12 people that we're going to do passports okay try to do everything as numbers just mean more to me than anything but the affidavit i um i don't really i want to understand it is it just the wording from the non-citizen national document what you can use that uh, you know uh, i've got a template you the i've gone through an evolution here too tie of understanding okay i used to think this was a black white issue and it's not anymore it was initially but it's not anymore and so uh, all you have to do you can really literally make it this simple there's a sentence down at the bottom of that 
State Department policy document, the citizen and non or certificate. Yeah, okay. You could literally use that yeah. sentence. I tie from Lake City, do solemnly swear my desire to be a national and not a citizen of the United States. You could leave it that simple if you wanted to. Okay. And they got to accept it because it's not their choice. It's your choice. That's why they've gone to all this trouble and expense and taken all this time so they could turn everything backwards and trick you into answering those two questions yes and get your agreement is because it is your choice. And now that's their justification to come do all this stuff. Well, Ty ought to know what he is, shouldn't he? Ignorance of the law is no excuse. See, they don't have any of this power. We gave it to them by the way they've set this up and us being tricked into answering those two questions yes now i've got a sample i've got a sample affidavit i doctored that sentence up a little bit and i would say something like i tie from lake city do solemn (coughs) excuse me i got a cough tie (coughs) do solemnly swear under the penalty of perjury of the laws of the united states of america now you got a jurat which is a perjury declaration in your in your declaration okay and that i my intent and desire i like intent and desire to be a national with con with god-given rights and constitutional protections and not a citizen of the united states in a condition of voluntary servitude with civil rights under the scope and purview of the 14th amendment now that's a lot addressed up a lot but i i just personally like the way it flows if you'd like to have that a copy of that i've got another paragraph underneath that that's targeted for irs for notice to irs if if you'd like to get those, once you drop me a uh, a, a, a email at Radio Ranch, no no space Radio Ranch at mail m a i l dot com, and just put tie sample for tie or something in the subject line and i'll know what it's about and i'll shoot that back to you along with some other stuff i've got a few other interviews that you may not have heard a few other documents that you might uh, benefit from you and your group that you can pass around and have people listen to these other interviews because i think they're very representative and good for new people especially okay that's awesome and my mindset with that that's just what I'm doing, but my mindset with the group thing, I've been doing it for years, and people just bail out because it's really all about what they personally want. So what I do is I give them enough information to entertain them, and if they don't come here and and get on this and do this, I'm an herbalist for 40 years, so I do a lot of other stuff. Good. If they don't get on this and do this, I just can't. I can't carry them. So well, no, you can't. And you know, people, this is something I've learned, Ty, over my life. I've done a lot of stuff. I've been successful in my life in several different areas and whatnot. And what I've learned is that you can't want something for somebody worse than they want it for themselves. And if you try and do that, it's going to lead to heartache and, and trouble every time. Okay, because then you get into personality differences and stuff and and you just can't do it. Everything is one thing I've really learned out of this information. And it's the basis of everything we do here. Everything's got to be voluntary. It's got to be your decision and your initiative, because if you're going to complete it, you're the one that's got to focus on it and put the effort and whatever you got to do to accomplish whatever your goal is. Right. 
Okay. So yeah. uh, that's why I do it here on the show. I mean, I don't go out and beat people. Please come listen to my radio show. Okay. Look, if you want freedom, you'll be here. And if you don't, go about and, you know, we'll pray for you. Go about and do whatever you need to do. What's important to you? People do what's important to them. If it's a priority to you, you'll find some way to get it done, no matter what the obstacles are. If you wake up in the morning, Ty, and there's four tires that are flat on your car and you got to be somewhere, and even though you may not have the money, you'll find some way to get four tires to put on your car. If your toilet isn't flushing and exactly if your toilet isn't flushing in the morning you'll find some way to afford a plumber to get out there and get your toilet to flush That's right. okay so listen we're how'd you how'd you find uh the um uh the presentation you just find it online somewhere or something well um joseph douglas and just studying trust law passports and irs stuff Mm-hmm. And in the midst of all of that, you know, people are posting different people with different information. Right. And me, I sit down and listen to something completely before I judge or give a judgment because there's so many people. But you don't know who know what until you know what they know. That's very true. That is very true. And uh, I really appreciate the fact that you found us. I appreciate the fact that you've got all this time in grade, to use a military term. You've been studying this and working with it for a lot of years. So this is going to really resonate with you because if you've looked at all those others, you know how solid this is, don't you? Mm -hmm. See? Okay. Well, it's just a correlation. Everybody gives good information, even if they don't know they're giving it because they really don't know. They just regurgitate. Well, see, here's what here's what my teacher Glenn Ambort said. This very very true. Everybody, you just echoed it a little differently. Everybody out there that you're alluding to, all of them have got some of the parts of the puzzle but they don't have all the puzzle and i believe that's what we've got here is all the puzzle and the reason the main reason is because we know it's the feudal system and you'll not find another patriot researcher that understands that how in the world are you going to hope to fight and defeat an enemy if you don't even know the system of law they're using See, you're up against a tremendous disadvantage from the start. And what happens is if you don't understand you're dealing with the feudal system, you'll never do anything but play Don Quixote and shadow box with it because you don't understand what you're dealing with. Once you understand what you're dealing with, however, and realize that this voluntary servitude status works both ways real easy, and they got to recognize it because this is the system they've built it upon. Now, here's where we've got them. When you or anyone else files this affidavit, this change of status, even if it's that one simple sentence, Ty, they've got to accept it because you've now put them in checkmate. The only thing they can do if they want to move forward is take their mask off and be open tyrants. And they will never do that unless they've got total control like they did in Bolshevik Russia or else there's no other hope for them. But they will never take it off voluntarily and be tyrants openly because of the number differential and billions of us and only a few thousand of them. Numbers, that's why I said to you in the beginning, 
Yes, thing is I heard that. Me. I'd rather other people help pull a bus off me instead of one that I've trained for 30 years. Well, so what we need for you to do is get up to speed, Ty, and get you up to speed as quick as possible so you can help talk to all those people that you have contact with that are interested in this type of information. What questions can I answer for you at this stage, or have you pretty well got your arms around this? No, but I want to get what's in my mind done. Otherwise, it'll just be question and answers and no action. So it's Radio Ranch at Mail. At mail, M-A-I-L dot com. Okay, I just want to be sure because I'm going to send that to you now. And we will speak. I appreciate the time you afforded me. Well, hey, well, you're off on a whole new adventure, and a lot of things in life you've had questions about are all going to fall into place with answers. I'm telling you right now, okay? And here's what happens, Ty. Here's what happens. Well, they've rigged this system. Um, obviously you're a spiritual guy, right? Okay. I I can feel that. Okay. And what has happened here in the overall big picture is, uh, Esau Edom has stolen his birthright back. He sold it to us for a bowl of porridge and now they've stolen it back here with this process. Okay. So what we're doing is reclaiming our birthright because we understand how they did it and how to reclaim it. All right. So at birth, you were meant to have and be infused and have a connection with this spiritual entity because we're all spiritual beings. Okay. And so instead of that happening naturally, they basically threw a blanket over you and they separated you from that spiritual connection with your creator. And then they conditioned you through your whole life so that you'd answer those two questions. Yes. And be in agreement with their scam. All right. Now, we understand what's going on and we understand the remedy to remove ourselves from that condition. And so what happens now is now you're back in contact. Once you get this thing filed, you're going to be back in contact with spiritual contact with your creator. And that connection is going to be reestablished. Now, how well you want it to be established and grow in you is up to you. I can tell from you already that you're going to be uh, very powerful here because you've got a a lot of the necessary background already. Some of these newer people that are just getting turned on to this don't, and it's a little different from them. But you've been studying this for a long time. You've got a lot of that knowledge. It's going to pull a lot of it together into the solid area, and it's going to throw off a lot of the wheat and the chaff, like the Social Security numbers, the nexus to the system, we're under admiralty law, all that kind of crap that you've had to be experienced exposed to over all these years of your study okay and we're going to jettison that stuff and we're going to get it down to just the pure essence of what's going on here and how this is being done and as that happens you're going to get re-empowered you're going to get re-empowered it's a gradual process it may happen quicker with some than with others but you're going to get that empowerment that was meant to you be in you from birth from your creator and you're going to re-empower instead of being on a downward spiral of their direction where everything feeds off everything else in a negative side you are because everything is based on dialectics opposites here so now that you're going to go through this the opposite is going to take effect and instead of going down in a downward spiral you're going to be going up in an upward spiral where everything self-reinforces in a positive manner and brings you this re-empowerment process okay 
So that's what's going to be happening for you. How quickly that happens is somewhat up to you and your circumstances. But that is the process that you're going to go through if you follow through and walk down this path. Does that sound good to you? Yeah. Yeah, I've been on it, so I'm, 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 you know, all stops. Okay, man. Well, listen, all you course. drop me, you drop me that email. I'll drop you what I call a new student package. It's got several documents in it, which buttress and prove everything we're doing. And uh, even though in your heart you know it's true because it rings true with you, and you've been out there looking at other stuff that wasn't enough to know when something. What my experience was over all these years is if you've got. A situation where there's not certainty in your mind. And it's almost like if you were to uh, uh, analogize that by saying there's a bunch of dust in the air, okay? And all of a sudden, this answer comes out of nowhere, and all of a sudden, all the dust just settles right to the ground and everything is calm. And when that happens, you know that's the right answer. And that's what happens here, okay? And I sense that's what's happened to you and the reason you're with us this morning. And I want to welcome you. Obviously, you're a black guy. I love to have black folks on here because I love to help you guys get free, okay? You're their worst nightmare is free blacks. They want you under their thumb. They've had you under their thumb since they owned the slave ships that brought your relatives over here on. They've used you the whole time. They used you to set up this thing from 160 years ago, and they're using you right now to try and take it to the next level. And you guys get this information. The black community gets it, and you guys start filing these affidavits. Then they got double problems. You with me? I don't want problems. I take it over <laughs> well man if you know anybody go ahead ty i don't want to have to fight i know the no. best way to win this fight is to be on both sides well the best way is to remove yourself from it that's what we're told in revelation right there in 18 it says come out of her my yeah. people it repeats it. it says come out of her it says it twice so we're not supposed to fight them and as we were talking about just yeah. this week you know sun Tzu, who is well I, much of my success i attribute to being aware of sun Tzu from the very start of this and starting to learn my enemy other people that haven't learned that lesson are at a disadvantage okay but one of the things sun Tzu says is the exemplary warrior wins a battle without firing a shot that's us okay and we remove ourselves from her because she is going to fall as she always has under her own weight and her own corruption and all of this my god all the crap that's going on with these people the pedophilia the transgender the sodomite all that crap okay they're going to fall on their own weight they're going to fall on their own petard if you will and we the best thing we can do is remove ourselves as far as possible from it that's what we teach around here okay and that's what we're doing very interested so and I've done I've done some stuff, and I still never achieve the desired result from that stuff. So I don't fear it because I don't worry about getting in trouble. But I've done some stuff with the passport, and I know I wasn't doing it right, whatever it was. So I would just test. I do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. Make it somebody easy to tell me there, or they just keep denying it until I got it right. You know. Yep. 
um i've got a dear a dear friend that's on here might not be one brent are you with us today brent bachman okay he must be working he lives out in las vegas we we knew each other in atlanta years ago he's a big black guy really really good guy we got some real good black guys on that are affiliated with this program is the man keeping us down <laughs> you'll get to meet brent eventually uh i'll tell you what uh ty when i get your email i'll put you in touch with him and i'll put you in touch with this guy in north carolina named james it's real sharp too okay that's fine that's fine that's what this is all about not what somebody has to offer who can we build with everybody's growing and posting i i look at facebook every day and what people are going through and what they're doing and i'm always looking for a resolution who's building who's answering the question you know who's fixing the pothole and it's just never that's not a subject of people to do that just to say you know what let's fix our own problem yeah and Uh, also for you and your circle uh especially the newer people ty uh, and you're feel free to pass them what I'm going to send you, okay, and spread that around liberally. Um, and what what some people have been doing very successfully, a lot of our success in Southern California comes from my dear friend John Kassarab, who takes the Deanna Spingola interview that I did about a little over a year ago and then takes these two documents that we wrote up to go along with that, and they get a group of people together and they just play the interview on their cell phone or their computer and then they hand out copies of those two sheets and you just see who it resonates with you know and uh, we've had a tremendous lot of success with that uh you don't have to know a whole lot you probably can answer i'm not saying you you but you for the person doing this necessarily you will probably have some questions but they got questions you just steer them to the radio show i want people to come on here and ask questions and have dialogue like you and i are having right now because then everybody learns see now i do do personal consultations for people that for whatever reason uh you know want a per the personal touch here i'll go do a personal consultation with you but i'd rather have you on the air here so everybody can learn okay i charge i do charge i charge for those by the way uh but should charge more i don't charge too much 150 dollars an hour for the knowledge i know hell there ain't very many people on the face of the earth that understand it at least there's a few more now but uh regardless that's why i do this there's a method to my madness is i I know the base success that we're going to have is education you got to go in and educate people on all these complex things and get them untying these knots in their mind and that education has got to take place and that's why i want questions when when uh, when it's possible to be asked and answered on this forum all the people that listen to podcasts can hear them everybody that's here and i guarantee you even though we got people lisa that's here has been following me since the first radio network i was ever on for 11 years you think she's heard this stuff she's heard it over and over and over again but those type of people still like to come and listen because what's happening is when they get exposed to something they've grown see they've grown since the last time they were exposed to it and when they get it presented to them again they see new wrinkles in it because of their growth all right even though they've heard it before maybe numerous times so that's the method to my madness there briefly 
Yeah, well, it 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 it, it has worked for you, so it will work for others. But others just have to work it. It uh, mm-hmm. you know it's it depends on the person. You got to have somebody. And I was talking to somebody about this yesterday, actually, Mike. Uh, and it, it all goes back to I think it's a, a verse in uh, Ephesians, Ecclesiastes, one of the, one of the Old Testament uh, uh, chapters, and it says, "Because they have not a love of the truth, I will send them strong delusion that they will believe a lie." And that's what's going on here. It's the only thing I've ever really been concretely able to put my finger on and say those people don't have a love of the truth. Because there's people you're going to put this in front of people, and they're just not, they're either too scared, they're not interested, they don't have a spiritual gene, something's lacking and it doesn't take with them. But the person like you that does have those elements, that is looking for this, that is a truth seeker, when you see it, you hone in on it like a moth going to a flame. So we're glad to have you, Ty. Glad to be here. So, uh, do you have any other? Do you have any other things we can address or answer for you? Well, I've got your attention. Um, well, I would some stuff. I would I put in the email. I would just like to go over what you were talking about and shoot you, shoot you some ideas on what I'm doing and see if we have anything in common. Okay. Well, we can talk about that here because you might spawn, uh, uh, you know, spurn some other people. Why don't you wait till you get my package? Look over that, familiarize yourself with it. Tomorrow, I have a co-host on here, the guy we've been doing shows for many years, named Brent Winters, and he's uh, uh, quite an amazing fella. Uh, and uh, he's somewhat of an expert on the common laws, the reason we got together in the first place, but he's very spiritual-oriented. He's translated his own Bible, all kinds of stuff. And so uh, we, I might could even address it tomorrow, but usually I, you know, we go in a little bit different direction. Not always, not set in stone. We're flexible here, but tomorrow is a little bit of a different day from the rest of the week's point I was trying to get across. So, uh, it, But you know how to get us now. You know how to join us us and uh, we're here five days a week i very rarely ever miss a program okay thank you yo thank you man glad to have you ty uh also ty i've got several folks down there in south florida uh lake city is uh, is around uh, okeechobee right i'm not from here um yeah i imagine um live oak lake city okay right i haven't well, I've got we've got several students down there in that area, one in Okeechobee specifically. But uh, so just to let you know, you got other folks around you down there too that can give you support. Okay. Yeah, that's really that's really good. Okay. Well, you got questions? Forward. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I look forward to to, to building and growing. Well, you're going to go through an awful lot of growth because you're going to be hitting a real skid of truth here. And uh, it's amazing what truth will do for people's lives, and it's amazing what it does to our enemies. It makes them stand mute. These horrible Satanist bastards that do all this terrible stuff historically, currently, all over the world, this that one sentence given to that one guy, Ty, makes these bastards stand mute. They don't do a thing, generally. 
So it's the old story about how powerful truth is that you never related to before because you never had your hands on it. Well, you got them on it now. I like to say you got Excalibur. You know, Excalibur was the sword that King Arthur pulled out of the stone that nobody else could. And that's what we've got in our hands is Excalibur. Yeah, I have a whole lot of kids pulling it out, though. Yeah, well, it wasn't, it wasn't no fun pulling it out, I'm going to tell you. You know, what you're hearing, I'll get to whoever's trying to say something. What you're hearing here, Ty, is a result of over 100 years of three men's lives, total dedicated research, okay? It, this These conclusions were not arrived at overnight, nor without sacrifice and pain, Okay. Who was trying to say something a second ago? So welcome, Ty. Who was trying to say something a second ago? Uh, Skip, Roger. I just wanted hey, to Skip. say to just tell Ty to hang on after 1 o'clock and hear about the hyperverse. Oh, okay. Yeah, you may want to stick around, Ty, and hear uh, if, if Jim – is Jim talking about it today? I'll tell you what. When uh, In your package, I'm going to send you a video of uh, of a financial deal that we're uh, a bunch of us have found incredible it success. Was hyperverse is the name of it i'll send you a video yeah, you can want you you know about it i've been about three years two years two to three years it's been around about a couple of years now and hasn't been around a whole long time but you're involved already yeah i've been in it when it opened okay well good for you i was well you were one of the lucky guys that got in there at the yeah. start good for you okay so uh what else yeah. uh what else can we address here for anybody as we get into the last segment of the program? Right, Who's Billy Goat? Good morning, sir. Good morning. How you doing? Hope uh, you hadn't been out eating poison ivy again. Poison ivy? I only eat tin cans. That's oh, okay. It. All right. Good. <laughs> I got, what, five quick things, very quick things. The okay. first one is regards to the uh, telegram thing. Um, Don was reading off the HTTPs and S's and all that stuff. Right. Really much easier it's just t the letter t as in telegram dot m e mike echo and that's like the shortcut for telegram on the internet t dot m e forward slash u.s national okay and so the browser will figure out all the other stuff okay well thank you for that tip for the people that want to join that way i'd encourage folks to download telegram it's a good communication program uh it's Absolutely. not it's not going to bite you i don't think anybody's siphoning stuff off and again you know, shake the try and get to a point where you're shaking the paranoia that's been instilled in you all your life because you're in a whole different ball game when you're here. Okay, I know that is easier said than done, but work towards that as a goal. You'll find your life. You know, people say, "Well, why aren't you on Proton Mail?" Hell, man, I want them to read what the hell I'm sending people. I want them to listen to this radio program. They're gonna look because in every uh, like class or something like that that i'm in i i try to try to post a note or message or something that just says and welcome to all our federal agents and other agents that are are here because we need you to also learn this and join our side and right. help out because you're already on the inside you know how bad it is that's help. right it's very true yeah so anyway uh there's that and yeah telegram's great the nice thing that with telegram also is you can share documents and videos and things that are very uh, large that you can't do with email you can't do with text messages and things like that so right it's, it's very universal and I, I think um 
I, I don't know. They do censor some things a bit. It's, it'll probably get worse. It might even get shut down. So it's always important to have more tools uh, lined up. But for now, it's as far as I can tell, it's the best. But anyway, okay. The other stuff is when you were telling your story about being in jail or prison or whatever, I guess jail. Both, both in, one, in the same day. <laughs> there's, there's a couple notches on a stick I don't want to have. But all right. Uh, <laughs> I, I was just sitting here telling myself, man, I got to write a book and make sure my name is on the cover and carry that around everywhere. <laughs> That'll well, make me VIP even in, in prison. <laughs> especially in a foreign culture. Yeah, and I want to talk to you about that a lot more in the future because that's part of my plans. And a lot of the people, these patriots and stuff, say, oh, well, who needs a passport? I'm not going anywhere. I'm hunkered down in the mountains and da, da, da. And I'm thinking – uh i don't know it's it's just it's just a document might want to have that at, you know in, in the background and and i do want to travel I, I actually plan on a lot of travel here so maybe on a future show we'll we'll get into this okay stuff. be happy to I give you a, what, well this let me say this because i had an inquiry the other night about somebody's has a friend that was wanting to uh, look into Ecuador, and they were looking for an agent down here. If if Ecuador is in your vision at all, there's only one person to talk to, and that's Journeyman Jack Abercrombie. Okay, because that you wouldn't believe how respected Jack is in this country. Uh, he has been for thirteen and a half years. He'd been moving people in and out and bringing tours down here and college tours and all that kind of stuff. And he knows the country like the back of his hand, every nook, every cranny. And uh, he's just revered down here by expatriates. I mean, really, uh, just a great guy. Georgia red dirt, uh, just as red dirt based Georgia as you can get, and just a, a all around good guy. So should that be the occasion, you can just put Journeyman Jack in a search engine. A bunch of stuff will pop up and give him a holler, and he'll be happy to help you. Excellent. Uh, I didn't have Ecuador necessarily, but, uh, you know. Once... <laughs> well, where were you thinking? Where were you thinking about traveling to possibly, Bill? Well, I, let's keep that for another show because we'll okay. be going a whole bunch of other right. I don't think we have that much time today. But uh, I, I, I will say this. I was raised real isolated, real sheltered. And it was a big deal for me to finally leave my town, uh -huh. my, my, my town, and then <laughs> and move somewhere else. And then after a while, I moved to a different state. And now I'm looking at other countries, but more just the Central America area, still this continent. And then I figure I'm already planning like a few years after that. I think I'll end up on another continent. And then after that, like five more years or something, I'm like, I wonder if I'm going to be on another planet. <laughs> so I keep expanding my my horizons. You, you're already on another planet because you're tapped in with us. <laughs> uh, then I'll bring it full circle, like this. Okay, so let's see. We got the book. Uh, oh, that, let me just tell you this: the three main go-to places for expats, yes, not necessarily in this order because they change a little bit, would yeah. be Costa Rica, Panama, and Ecuador. All righty. Although Costa Rica hasn't been that nice lately. But. No, it hasn't. And it's like there's so many Americans and a lot of uh, high prices. And uh, they've been uh, really ticked in and tapped in with the New World Order on all of this uh, jab crap. And uh, the people that really do generally like Costa Rica uh, like and Panama, too, because both of those are fairly humid countries at sea level there. 
and the people that really like it live up on the mountains in both of those countries because they escape get up in the altitude and they escape the oppressive part of the humidity and here in ecuador that's we've got the same thing we got beaches and a lot of people are down there on the beach and that's fine but it's just a lot hotter and humider down there we're up at eight thousand feet here and you've got all of the attributes so that you, uh, living on the equator brings and the altitude takes the sting away from the humidity so it's very pleasant pleasant climate so go ahead i felt i needed to inject that put it in my notes here and i'll i'll learn about it yeah um, a couple other just uh, oh, two quick uh, things here that um, I, I agree totally with you about how you and Ty talking about how people will, if people are searching for truth or searching for an answer or whatever, then they will find it. And, it, and I've just, I've had to notice that and learn that for myself because I've always, uh, like what you were saying resonated with me. I care, I'll, I'll outright tell people that there's, uh, sometimes I'll tell them I probably care about you more than you care about yourself in the big picture <laughs> right. like i want you to be free but you don't get that i want you to be healthy but you eat garbage food i want this and and it's very hard to to deal with that you know i don't have kids and stuff like that but i just can't imagine when you have loved ones and you're like watching them make terrible choices it's got to be it's got to be heartbreaking but if they really want it then suddenly they show up in the class or suddenly that link uh, appears and they click on it or, or whatever. And I, I just, I'm coming to terms with that right now with a, a lot of stuff and it just resonated. So I agree 1000% with that. Good. And it's hard to accept it, but then again, it also takes away that responsibility because you can't, <laughs> I, I told somebody the other day, if you lead them to water, that's great. You can't make them drink, but if you do, if you force their head in the water, that's called waterboarding. And yeah, I I took that that old cliche and turned it around just a little bit. You might uh, I give you license to use it liberally. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him think. I like it. I'll have to I'll have to type that out here quick. Hey. Okay. Roger. Well, hold on. We got a horse coming to the water deal right now. Hey, Dave. Hey, hi, everybody. Um, so I got a couple things, but that you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him think but a, or make him drink, but a horse is smart enough to know when he's thirsty. And you can lead a man to water, but you can't make him think. <laughs> not a, so you guys have talked about that. Go ahead. Not a bad comment, Dave. <laughs> Thank you. Um the micro effect, you guys have talked about that. Joe McNeil, I guess is his name. I'm I'm not you know, I'm not up on that, but I got some friends that run a radio show on RBN on Sunday mornings, uh uh Steve and Alan out of Texas. It's called Republic of Texas Radio on RBN nine AM Eastern, um, every Sunday. Their guest this Sunday for two hours is that Joe McNeil guy from that micro effect. Yeah, uh, radio show that used to run. Right, it was a radio. It was a radio, Dave. It was a radio network, not not necessarily a show. Okay. Well, do you know who Joe McNeil is? Very well. I think that's his name. Yes, okay. it is. Well, he's beyond that uh, Sunday morning for two hours okay. on RBN. Okay. So, what did what did what did Mama right. say? If you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. <laughs> well, that is what Mama said. 
okay so just to let you know i learned my lessons okay uh billy i want to go back i want to go back uh, not to preempt dave here but i want not to preempt you you said you had a number of other things you wanted to uh bring forward so please please commence i wanted to give a quick update on the birth certificate question that i had yesterday so uh it was that the travel.state website has a picture of the certificate of live birth, yet their caption calls it a birth certificate. I had asked about it. We we didn't come to a resolution. I said I'd follow up. So I emailed them because uh, they say, okay, if you have questions, here's an email address. Oh. And we'll get back in 24 hours. So I sent this beautiful email, and immediately I get a reply back that says, you will get no replies from us other than this email, and <laughs> go to our website for any answers. I'm like, well, oh. that <laughs> – so I think that – they didn't update that or uh, i mean i'll check again maybe it was like some issue there but it doesn't appear that they answer email so i jumped on and called them and uh they have a series of uh what i call the uh the prompt circles (laughs) so press one and then if you and they give you three choices none of which are what you want and then you go back to the previous menu and they give you six other choices none of which are what you want and basically, I went through all of them. And the only thing left is if I go to one that says, uh, do, you, do you have emergency travel in the next life or death two, two days or something like that? And I'm like, man, I hope I, it's not illegal to hit that prompt. Like, <laughs> I, I don't have many options left with them. And I, you know, or I, could, I could call the hotline for like uh, blind people or something. <laughs> I can't get through on the other line. So anyway, I'm on it, but it's not looking good. I'll be honest. So. Okay. Well, I, whatever you find out, let us know if you yeah, don't want to go I, commit suicide first and trying to get an answer. It's life or death. Okay. Hey, so. hey Billy, Billy, where are you doing that? Up at, up where you were born? <laughs> All right. No, this is the travel.state website, the, the federal I guess that's federal. Travel.state.gov. That's the Secretary of State's website. Yeah. Roger that. All right. I jumped in. I jumped in late. Forgive me. Okay. That's okay, John. Weird. Now, anytime I use words that are uh, national, state, federal, United States, United States of America, like I have no idea if I'm saying the right context anymore. So I'll die. So now here's the last thing. Uh, Civilian. Here's the the last thing that I think we have just enough time here that wasn't the book taxation by misrepresentation recommended. Yes, that's well, that's that's my teacher's book. And yeah, if 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 you're interested in taxes, I mean, uh, it's not a mystery thriller. You're going to curl up in front of the fireplace and boy, I can't sit, wait to sit down and read this. That's not the type of book it is. Okay, but I understand. I got a a copy of it of, of. I was able to get the text of it uh, bootleg here. And here's what I'm curious on. I I jumped to the ending. Spoiler alert. Uh, the ending is page 96, chapter 22. Uh, John says, what should I do? And this is what I wanted your comments on. He says, the answer is simple. First, file your 1040 return and pay the tax, just as the IRS advocates that you should do. And I was really surprised to see that. Now, being that I haven't read the rest of the book, of course you want to – maybe the way he's describing what the IRS advocates you to do is different than the conventional way, and so that would make sense. I know that um, Paymon Montajede says that, like, yes, you should pay your taxes, but pay them according to the IRS manual, and then he goes through and talks about how he interprets that. 
game. So I was just really surprised that that was the even. The and then the second part of that was that John says, second, encourage everyone else you can to read this book and educate them. And the next few paragraphs says, because all the Americans will be mad as hell and, and they'll share it with everybody and there'll be this wave of knowledge. That was, and then the courts will realize that they can't continue to enforce this and yada, yada. And it just seemed like a very idealistic thing that, it, no, I don't think the courts are going to help me and I don't think people care. <laughs> it was, look, let me just say that I think John's vision of this and the remedy that he envisioned is a bit naive. That was what I was asking about, exactly. Okay, and, and even Glenn, if we had Glenn on here, and, and Glenn would say, pay your taxes, okay? And I will say, pay all the lawful taxes that you owe. Those would be 871B and 877B. I don't think Glenn has ever filed an affidavit, and he's the one that edited that book, okay? So I, I don't, we've never sat down and had a discussion on that as to the whys and wherefores. And basically, it's a lot because of my philosophy. See, I think it's your decision. And I'm not going to try and influence you one way or the other. And my duty is to let you know you've got a choice that you didn't know you had before. And if you're interested in following through to help you understand all of the nuances of it so you can have the confidence to do that with a self-assured peace of mind as you're doing it. And if you're not interested, I'm not going to go beat you up to do it. Okay. That's right. So now that all being said, the book is still recommended, though, for the understanding of taxation and history. Well, let me put it to you this way. The information that's in that book, Billy, has not been in print in over 250 years. I mean, you've heard me tell the story, right, that where all this came from and where all that started. I don't know how I'll give you the thumbnail. Um, John and his studies ran across this one particular case from 1855 called Murray's Lessee versus Hoboken Land and Improvement Company. And at the bottom, it was a jeopardy assessment case, 1855 now. And in the case, they said, well, we, you know, there is no uh, guidelines for due process and tax law in the Constitution. <laughs> So what we've got to do is go back to the laws that were in operation in the country we came from and go back and see how they handled it. And down at the footnote were a number, about five of them, I believe, different authors that wrote on the exchequer. The exchequer is the treasury in England. Okay, and so John and Glenn, this is in the early 90s now, they went to the there wasn't any Internet stuff like here is now. All right. And so they went to best resource they had at the time, which was the interlibrary loan system that connects all the libraries in the country. And they went and put those five authors in and some of the titles of the books that the Supreme Court mentioned in the footnotes. And they could only find two copies of those five authors in the entire United States. Not not two copies of each author. They can only find two copies of one book in the entire damn country. One at the Library of Congress and one at Texas A&M University. So how do you expect tax preparers, tax attorneys, judges, all the you know, tax court judges or anybody else to understand the system when there's no books that reference how the system operated in the whole country? I, I agree. And there's one other thing is all these people that are doing taxes for a profession where their bread is getting buttered 
How much do you think they're going to want to not <laughs> not have that information? Of course, it's a whole huge industry, you know. So anyway, the importance of the book, and, and what we've done is kind of leapfrogged it because we can cut off the whole jurisdictional thing at the top. We don't have to worry about Ralph Winterroot and LexisNexis and all that kind of stuff. And the problem is people get into trouble, and then you got to resort to that stuff. What I want is people who come to us without problems – and we can easily get you out of that crap. Somebody's wanting to say something, are you? Real I quick. A, yeah. I had a quick question. Um, it better so, be quick. Ooh, it's kind of quick. Okay, that, let me get out then. Um, say yeah, if I like had like tickets and it was supposed to show up in court, right? And then during that process between like, you know, the seven to nine months they take to Nope. To do what's it called? do and i like nope be denounced citizenship nope. and things like that how do i show up to court how does things change well you're gonna you that contract and that incident happened in your other legal personality you can't after the fact ex post facto is the exact term you can't six months later go, oh by the way i've changed statuses and that reapplies six months ago well you know technically it should because there's fraud involved okay but i don't think you're going to get much success trying to do that Mm. Okay, so but would do you think me switching my status would hurt the case, or would like they like would that go extra hard against me? Because like they're like, oh, I don't like this. Uh, I'm trying to let's see if I can get the volume on this little whistler down. Uh, you know, I'm not sure. Um, quite honestly, I don't know that it would do you any good to bring it up in the middle of it unless you just want to and these are some of the things i just don't have answers for you know and my deal is to get people when they got a clean slate and then we can remove you from all that crap if you're already doing a dance with them it's a, it's a horse of a different color Mm, okay 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 now once you do get this file we'll teach you how to put all those people on notice and if this should come up again tickets or anything else you should not be uh have any problems with them but you got to get your slate clean first so i see so like preferably clean my slate before sending them notice yeah, well, you got to get when you got no charges against you, you got a clean slate. Now you can file the affidavit. You can put everybody on notice. If now they come and mess with you after that point, now they're acting outside of their delegated responsibilities and they lose their cloak of immunity and you can go after them personally. They're personally liable now. So that's the difference. We're about to get cut off. Uh, try and come back when we can have more time to discuss it and like maybe explain it to you a little bit easier, okay? Okay, thank you. All right. You, uh, who, uh, what was your name, by the way? Amir. I just came from National USA. Okay. Well, I don't know about them, but Amir, we're glad to have you along. And I just got knocked off the server, so we're done for the day here. 